you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast. I'm here today to talk about the 2020 season prediction roundtable. Got my co-host, Stephen, with me. How's it going, guys? And also joining us again this year is our other co-host, Bradley. Long time to see you guys. I'm glad to be back in the spring things. Heck yeah, another season, uh, ready to get it going. Uh, kind of had a little hiatus from the podcast, wanted to wait and see what was going on with the season and stuff. So we're doing the season prediction roundtable a little bit later than we have in the uh, year, the past couple of years. You know, just over two weeks from West Virginia playing their first game. So, uh, but better late than never, going to get the season prediction roundtable show uh, going. Going to go, th- going to make some other predictions uh, later in the show. But of course, as you guys know, going through each schedule, the West Virginia schedule game by game, uh, pre- predicting wins, losses, and coming up with our uh, record prediction for the 2020 season. Um, anything you guys want to add or you guys want to jump right into it? Yeah. Jump right into it. I'm excited. That's, Unless you got anything better. It's been a while since I've talked to you sports, so yeah, no, I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, let's do it. So, uh, as we said, just over a couple weeks away, West Virginia will play their first game of the season. No fans will be in attendance for this one, but it is going to be in Morgantown. West Virginia taking on Eastern Kentucky in their only non-conference game of the season. Um, I got the Mountaineers winning this one, hopefully uh, not too close or anything like that, if uh, West Virginia is going to be improved, as I think they are. But, yeah, I got the Mountaineers taking a W. Uh, What about you, Stephen? Yeah, I got to go W on this one. Too easy not to. Bradley? Um, I personally think that this game won't get played. I know that's like a, a sad thing to hear. Oh, yeah. but I, I, mean, I, I agree with you. I, 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 I've seen some like stuff online, you know, just watch, you know, tweet watching and stuff like that. And I just, uh, like Mike Brown tweeted about something the other day. It was uh, EKU people partying. I know people playing partying at WVU. So, um, hopes that this game gets played. I, I think we'll get a big fat W if we do play this game. But I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to get my hopes up about even playing this game. Yeah, you never know the season's in, in flux yeah. always right now, and especially the conference that Eastern Kentucky played in. I know that they're not playing, but they're allowing the teams to play their already scheduled non-conference games probably because, one, that's a lot of money for the university that they bring in for those for those games and stuff. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, yeah, if we're going to cut one off the schedule, I mean, they're going to save the Big 12 season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If we have right. to cut a non-conference game to save our Big 12 season, I could see them like doing that without much hesitation. They may do that. Me and Cruz even talked about, you know, on the last show that I, I'm fairly confident that I don't think we'll have a season at all this year. I, I don't want that to happen. But, yes. you know, yeah. with all things considered right now and everything happening, that's just it's hard for me to envision something happening, you know, <laughs> miraculous enough to where we play all 10 football games. Of this yeah, season. I'm, with, I'm with you as far as I think that they'll play, but I don't know how long they're going to play. I, I don't, I'm questioning if it's going to be a full season or not, you know, maybe just a game or two. But I think we're going to see at least some West Virginia football, I think, even if it's only a game or two, but I don't know. Yeah, these are sad days when you're talking about, <laughs> you know. Not getting the season. season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Something, really, I never thought we'd look forward to. to be honest. Yeah, I remember being a kid when, thinking, you know, well, uh, if anything else ever goes wrong in my life, at least I'll always have Mountaineer football and basketball. And here we are, you know, in the year 2020, and we got to face these kind of situations. Yeah, it's and you just don't know. Very depressing stuff, man. 
but we'll go with the rest of them like as if they're going to happen. So yeah, I just want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. If any of them are going to get canceled, I could see that one being. That's that would be the one that you that take. Be the one that's Absolutely. Which and that would make sense because you know they do have the bye week the week after that, and so then you would have until the twenty sixth to try and make sure that you want to play this thing and stuff like that. So it'd be more time, but uh, we'll see. But as we said, bye week following that first game. Um, we all West Virginia one and zero right now, going into their second game, which will be September twenty sixth, going on the road to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. Um, I gave actually got the Mountaineers losing this one. I think Oklahoma State's going to be one of the better teams in the entire Big Twelve this year, and West Virginia hasn't played well in Stillwater, so I think West Virginia's just not quite ready to go out there and get a W, especially this early in the season. Um, so I got West Virginia losing that one. Uh, Stephen, would you would you have there? Uh, unfortunately, I have the same thing. Uh, I- I don't think – I know Oklahoma State's going to be good. We all know that. I don't think they're going to be as good as everyone is predicting them to be. Um, not quite that good. Chuba Hubbard's going to be a force. We've Absolutely. seen that before. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to compete for the Big 12 title. With that said, I don't think that we've played well in Stillwater. Uh, like I said before, even without fans there, that's still a pretty good football team. I, I just don't see us going out there early, that early in the season and taking a W out that way. Out that way. Yeah, so uh, me and Steven both have that game as a loss. Uh, Bradley, you agree? Yeah, I think, I mean, Oklahoma State's going to be a, a damn good team this year. I mean, that's not oh, yeah. anything you can really debate. I think if we had this one later in the season, maybe like where we have Iowa State now, which, you know, we'll forecast for that one. But I think we'd have a better chance at that game, but I think we're still just going to be too fresh and still getting too much into the swing of things to go into Stillwater and come away with this one with a W against that Oklahoma State team. Absolutely, I think I think we're all on the same page so far. Uh, have West Virginia one and one through two games. Uh, third game of the season, back at home taking on the Baylor Bears. Baylor bringing in a new coaching staff uh, this year. Matt Rule will leave to go to the NFL. Um, I like West Virginia in this game. I like West Virginia to get the win in Morgantown, bounce back from a loss the previous week, and uh, beat a Baylor team that I think is good, but I think in a little bit of a transition. And West Virginia, I think, may be starting to you know hit their stride there at this point in the season, um, coming back off that loss and then kind of getting into the swing of things. So I got West Virginia winning this one. Uh, Steven, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the W2, and uh, I think the main reason for me is uh, to – you know, get vengeance on uh, them. I guess you should say from last year the way they the way that game ended. West Virginia went into that game and could could have beat that Baylor team as mm-hmm. good as they were last year. And you know, as bad I guess as you could say we were last year. And you know, nobody thought the West Virginia would have walked down there and beat them down there. And we we just about did. So I think that's still in the back of a lot of our players' minds. Um, and like you said, they're going through a coaching change. They still got a lot of firepower coming back on offense and defense, but. That coaching change and then coming to Morgantown, that's I think that's enough for me to give West Virginia the edge in this one. Absolutely. So, uh, me and Stephen both going with the W so far. Are we going to be unanimous again so far, Bradley, or what do you got? Yeah, we sure are. And All I'm right. going to give it. And I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Neil Brown and the fact that I think that he has taken this pandemic like response, like by just grabbing him by the gonads and ran with it. And I just keep up his media campaign. I think he's done a great job of you know rolling with the punches. And I think he's that's something that he's that makes him a great coach is rolling with those punches. And I just think him compared to a first-year head coach having to deal with the same thing at a new school, I think Neil Brown already had a system in place and was, like, ready to deal with this kind of, like, strife. So I think we will be more prepared for that game in Morgantown than Baylor will be with their new coaching staff. I agree. So so we're keeping it going. Everybody has the same record right now, same wins and losses, uh, two and one through the first three games. 
after playing Baylor, West Virginia has another bye week, so you got two early bye weeks here in this one, one after the first game of the season, one after the third. Two early bye weeks for the Mountaineers, and then they will play at home again on October 17th, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. Les Miles' squad uh, improved, I think, you know, kind of looked pretty good in his first year. Hopefully they may continue to improve, maybe finally get off the bottom of the Big 12. Who knows? But for now, I think West Virginia's just got too much for him. I got West Virginia getting another win there, making it a two-game win streak right now for the West Virginia Mountaineers for me. What about you, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I can't I can't go with, with West Virginia losing to Kansas in this game. I just can't. Um, I do like Les Miles, though. I've said it before. I think he'll eventually get the ball rolling out there if he has enough time to, to get it done. But, yeah, not this year. Absolutely. So keeping it going again, uh, Bradley, what say you, sir? Yeah, we know I'm not giving us a loss to Kansas. <laughs> I figured, I figured. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm glad that Les Miles is getting Kansas a little bit back on track. He's going to give the Big 12 a little bit uh, a little bit more credit that we don't have, you know, Kansas sitting down there being a basketball school. Um, I'm going to actually go out and say that my boy Garrett Green's going to have a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in this game when he gets in later in the game, and we'll probably get to see him a little bit. So we'll, I like that. I like that. I think we'll get our first little taste of him, then. I'm hoping. I'm going to be excited to see that. I hope I hope that we do. I hope that we do. So, anyway, everybody at 3-1 uh, and one right now, keeping it going. Uh, been unanimous in every uh, every game selection, and um, we'll see how long that lasts as we head on to the next game, which will be October 24th. West Virginia heading to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Uh, West Virginia last season got hot at the end of the season, but the one blemish during that end of the season run was against Texas Tech, a game West Virginia's defense didn't look like it did at any other point throughout the season, just kind of uh, a little letdown game there for West Virginia. And I think that kind of fuel, fuels them this year, and I think West Virginia thinks about that and gets some revenge out in Lubbock. And I got West Virginia winning again, uh, third game in a row. I've got the Mountaineers here for a W. Um, what do you think, Stephen? Uh, yeah, i got to go go with you again on this one, Cruz. Uh, I like, for the most part, I think we played well down in Lubbock. I think there were one or two games where – you know, I think most Mountaineer fans would like to forget about those games. But uh, overall, I think we played well down that way, and they don't seem to be – I know a lot of fans have them just as low as predicted as we are this year, so I don't I don't see us going down there and losing because I think we are vastly improved more so than what anyone has given us credit for right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think Neil Brown said that, you know, that's their goal this year is to be the most improved team in the nation, and I think that they've got a chance to be one of the most improved teams – of course, in the Big 12, but, you know, if that's their goal, then they may be able to achieve that and be one of the most improved teams in the nation as well and surprise some people because I think in a season like this where it's um, kind of tumultuous that you're going to have some teams that are projected to do really good that don't do as good and some teams that kind of come out of nowhere. And who knows, West Virginia could be one of those teams. But uh, what do you think they'll do down there in Lubbock, Bradley? I'm going to put this – I'm a little bit on the fence about this one. I think I'm going to give us the W on it. Okay. Yeah, just keep the theme going. Another, we got, hey, might as well. We got this unanimous going. I think this one's going to end up being to how solid our team looks up to that point. If I mean, if we've got uh, a clear identified quarterback and like starting running back, we like if we've got like an established offense and we're not in the same position where we don't know who our quarterback's going to be, I think we could win the games up to this one, minus Oklahoma State, without like that consistent play. But I think if we go down to Texas Tech without that knowing going there, what we're going to do, then I think that we could lose that game. But I think if we go in there with a, like a good mind on us, and we know what our team is about, and what we're doing, then I think it's going to be. I think it'll be an easy one. If we go into our fifth game and we don't know who our quarterback is, I'm going to be seriously worried about. Yeah, hopefully we settle on this that season early. and next season. And the only reason for that is because we went through the the quarterback last season, and I know they're saying it's a battle this year, 
But that was because they said Austin Kendall was hurt for most of the season last year. I'm hoping that they kind of get the battle settled up before we even jump into I mean, the first game. Not even, I mean, you know. this this thing's running late though because we're sneaking up on it, and you know. I mean, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, so, they've I mean, been keeping be. up with those uh, those uh, what is it called? Accountability teams. Yeah, the accountability yeah, yeah. teams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Austin, Austin Kendall's been up there. Been right there, like back yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and it's been kind of sad to see the bottom of that chart with like Sam James and stuff like that. But I mean, our two quarterbacks have been up there running that, running that competition for months. Yeah, yep. I, I give Sam James some some kind of a leeway because there's accountability teams like you don't really. I guess you it, do expect a wide receiver to be a leader. I guess it's more so on who's the you know. The seniors in the group, but I mean, I, I, I would say, expect well, the quarterback to be more so true that, true that. But me, just my perspective, I would expect a quarterback to be. I would want my quarterback to be at the top of that list. Oh, absolutely! That's that's your team leader right there. Should be absolutely, especially yeah. offensively at least. Yeah. Um, so we all got the Mountaineers four and one right now after you know five games in the season, and I'd uh, love to see it. So hopefully, you know that that comes comes to fruition, but. Four and one heading into the uh, sixth game of the season, which will be a game on Halloween, actually, in Morgantown, taking on Kansas State Wildcats. This is a game for me I was kind of on the fence about. I think Kansas State uh, looked really good uh, last season, even upsetting Oklahoma and uh, Chris Kleiman's first year. Of course, West Virginia was able to beat them. So I think, you know, revenge might be on Kansas State's mind uh, coming into Morgantown, too. But uh, ultimately, I think West Virginia is still going to be prepared, especially this will be midpoint in the season. And I got West Virginia to get another, West, uh, another W, giving them another W in this one, four in a row for me. Um, what about you, Stephen? In uh, this one, it, I'm, I'm really on the fence about this one as well. I think this one for me comes down to if they will allow fans into the stands or not you know, at this point into the season. Um, if they allow fans in Morgantown, W for West Virginia. If they don't, it's going to be a closer ball game, I believe, and I'm, I'm not sure which way I'm going to go. I'm going to go West Virginia on this one, uh, but it's 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 really on the fence for this yeah, one for me. That's, this was a tough choice for me, too. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Uh, I like Steven's thought of mine there with it. I mean, there's not more places more exciting there's not many places more exciting than WVU on Halloween night. That's just like being up there for so many years. Like that's just the night. That, Didn't realize it was on Halloween night. That's it. Oh yeah. yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and that's just like that's a big thing for W students. Like they get, you know, they get up for that day and let alone have a game day on there. That's going to be a good one. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it to WVU if we got right. students. In the, I'm, I'm gonna even give it to us even if we don't. I just have faith in that Brown Halloween. So. I think so too. All right, so uh, unanimous on every game so far. This is crazy. This, this is, I don't <laughs> think this has ever happened on the prediction show. No, it's not, not on the prediction show. No, not. <laughs> I mean, we're you know we're halfway through the season, over halfway now through the season, and uh, unanimous on every pick. That's crazy. We're also, down two games too. Though, so. Yes. Um, but, you know, the bottom, the thing about this new schedule for us is this back half right here, these games that we're getting into, these final four are kind of. three point uh, Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the tough part of the schedule. So we'll kind of see how it goes uh, from here. I feel like we'll have some yeah. from just, you in just, November just doesn't get lucky. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, last year they closed out strong, so I'm hoping that that becomes a theme with with Neil. So we'll we'll see, but uh, yeah, we'll get into it. November, uh, Death Vember, if you want to call it, because this is the grind of West Virginia's schedule here in this back half. But um, beginning November seventh, West Virginia going on the road to Austin to take on Texas. Uh, Sam Ellinger. Um, you know, they're project- predicted yet again to be, you know, top of the Big 12 right up there with Oklahoma. So uh, going to be tough, t- tough time for West Virginia in that one, uh, especially going on the road. 
Um, you know, so I, I got the Mountaineers uh, coming up a little short in this one. They played Texas good last year, but just came up a little short. And I think uh, being on the road again, I think they'll play it good. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Washington just comes up a little bit short there against the Longhorns. Uh, what do you say, Stephen? Well, I thought we was going to be. I thought we was going to come out different on this one. I, <laughs> I, I really thought you were going to go win. I, I got to go with a <laughs> loss on this one. This one for me. Um, it's interchangeable with the Iowa State game. I think they win one, lose one. So if they win this one, they'll beat Iowa State uh, and vice versa. But I do have them losing this game. Um, I just – Texas is going to be – they're not back. <laughs> they're, they're still not back. But they're going to be pretty so. damn good um, once again this year. Sam Ellinger, as much as I don't like to admit, is a pretty good quarterback down there. And he's learned that system pretty pretty well. And I, I can't help but to like the gameplay that I see out of him most of the time I watch him. But uh, it's a tough cat. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for West Virginia to go down there and beat them. Uh, if if West Virginia does beat them, it's gonna be on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's gonna be West Virginia's uh, strong suit this year. That a lot of people don't realize is I think that defense is gonna be very good. So I'm right there with you. It's gonna depend on how how they hold up throughout this season. But uh, unanimous so far. Me and Stephen went with losses in this one to Texas. Uh, we staying unanimous with it, Bradley. You got an loss in this one, or you got the Mountaineers uh, beating the Longhorns down there in Austin? As much as I just want to give us the W on this one, just because I kind of like that, just like the taste of that, you know what I mean? I just I don't think I can do it on this one. I think Neil Brown gets close. I think he has them right there in the fourth quarter and just can't pull it through. And then I think that sets us up for a big W next year at Morgantown against Texas. But I just – I just think Sam Ellinger is going to be too too spot on for our defense. I mean, our our defensive line will probably get in there, cause some havoc. But I think at the end of the day, we still just don't have our dime backs where they need to be, and it's just not going to be. Just, just not not yet. I don't think for West Virginia. Just unless they just, just prove me wrong, they just got some cast back there. But I uh, you never know. Letty Brown surprised but, in the scrimmage the other day, yeah, but other than that, what, that's no. what I've heard. I've heard that the uh, offensive line. Has surprised and the run game is surprised, but I've also that's, heard that the defense the defense is very strong though. So yeah, that's my thing though. Is the offensive line is what needed to work last year. It wasn't the running backs in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. The running backs have been fine in every other year when they've played at WVU. They just it's, didn't have no not, space to work. Exactly. Well, I think it's a little less cluttered back there this year, so I think it's a, I think that might help out a little bit. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. All right, so uh, we all still unanimous. Seven games to the schedule. Uh, no different picks on these games. So three games left. We'll see where we end up. All sitting with the Mountaineers at five and two right now with three games left. Uh, the next on the schedule, West Virginia coming back home on November fourteenth to face uh, the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, think TCU. I thought they were going to have a bounce back year last year. Uh, didn't happen exactly, but they did find some pieces along the way. And I think that's the thing about uh, Gary Patterson is usually when he has a down year, he bounces back strong. So I think TCU is going to bounce back pretty strong this year, and they have some pieces there um, to uh, to do so. And I think that they'll be just too much for the Mountaineers. The Mountaineers will drop their second straight game uh, this time to TCU. i got the Mountaineers taking the loss. Um, what about you, Steven? Well, I think we've reached our first discrepancy uh in the show, finally, I, I, I've, I've got I've got West Virginia taking this one. I think um, you know the loss to Texas. Neil Brown's got this team believing in themselves, from what I can tell from you know the posts I see on social media and the things that I hear through the news sources and everything. This team is is bought in, and maybe not they're maybe not there skill wise just yet, but I think they're there enough to bounce back against a team like TCU this year. I do agree that TCU is going to be better than what they were last year. Gary Patterson's not going to let a team go like that, uh, mm-hmm. but. But I do think West Virginia does bounce back in this one. 
All right, finally a disagreement. So um, I've got West Virginia at five and three. Stephen has them at six and two now. Uh, Bradley, what do you got in this one? Um, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you, Jordan. I I think we let that Texas game get to us a little bit, especially with Oklahoma being up the next week after that. I think it's just I, this is a Mountaineer game. This is one of those Mountaineer games where you just you come expecting, man, we almost had Texas, but we're gonna roll through TCU and get on to Oklahoma on a good note, and then it, that just never seems to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also one of those games where if we do win, like Jordan said, you know, that's like that would prove something in my mind that we were kind of getting past that mentality where I would, where I'm, I'd get past what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. It's no longer one of those games that we had to lose right there, and you know that's something we can build off of. Kind of like the I way still, the TCU game was last year at the end of yeah, the season. The TCU yeah. and the, I was going to say Kansas State or TCU last year, either one of those, I think, fall into that category as well. But uh, so I would right. just win that game. But until they can prove me wrong on that, I'm gonna, you know, we'll see next year. I won't give them, if they win this game this year, then I won't give them that same loss next year. I'm, right now, I'm gonna. I'm, stick to I'm it. just high on TCU this year. I think that uh, TCU and Oklahoma State are kind of my two teams that I'm high on, and I think that. I don't know if it's going to be one or one of those two teams or or both of those teams, but I think that because of one of those two teams, I think this might be the year that Oklahoma finally doesn't win the conference. It could be. We'll see. Because I mean, Texas, you got to throw Texas in there too. So um, there's definitely a, a chance. I would, of it, but I think. everybody throws them in there every year, and then they always end up being, you know, that's true. They're the disappointment. Of and the then week. West Virginia fans think just because they beat us, then you know that they were what they were expected to be. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not, not necessarily. But, all right, so two games left in the season. By week following uh, the game against TCU, me and Bradley have the Mountaineers at 5-3, and three, Stephen with them at 6-2. and two. And then on November 28th, the one the West Virginia still is searching for that elusive victory against since joining the Big 12 all those years ago. The Oklahoma Sooners come into Morgantown on November 28th. Um, Oklahoma's going to be breaking in a new quarterback, Spencer Rattler, but he's also been in the Oklahoma system, and it's going to be a freshman that Lincoln Riley and those guys are going to get to work with. Uh, they've got a lot of pieces still there, too. I think they're going to be a solid team, but like I said, I think they may take a little step back finally. Like I said, I think the Big 12 uh, may end up in somebody else's hands, and I think that in a year as crazy as 2020 has been, why wouldn't it be the time that West Virginia beats Oklahoma? I'm going crazy with it. West Virginia finally gets over the hump. I got a I got a W against Oklahoma. Um, okay. What do you think, Stephen? Okay, um, I think you're crazy. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, no, man. I, I I still got Oklahoma riding high. I've I've seen Spencer Rattler's tapes, uh, and my belief is until Oklahoma gets a quarterback that's not even half as good as the guys that they've been, they're they're going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is about their program. They just always get these recruits. They always find a way to get a, an elite quarterback. Nobody's seen Spencer Rattler play yet unless you watch his high school tapes like I have. But the kid, has he has he's, game. He's he impressive. can ball. He's just as good on his feet as he is with his arm. And yeah, I saw him on that uh, that show on Netflix. Uh, the QB1? The, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's got uh, game. Yeah, he's going to sure. be – I mean – you got to be pretty daggone good. I mean, I know he plays for Oklahoma, and everybody's writing it off as that's why he's in the Heisman running or whatever thing. you got to be pretty darn good to not play a snap of college football and be on that list. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure what, uh, Tua, Tua uh, Tungavaloa was on the list before he ever played at uh, Alabama. Yeah. Am I correct about that? And then look yeah, how he, how so. well he did. So uh, uh, I, I, I so. still 
I still think West Virginia loses this game this year. I do. All right. So not quite there to get that over that hump against Oklahoma yet for Steven. Uh, but that puts me and Steven's records in the same spot going in the final game of the season at 6-3. and three. Bradley, uh, what about you? You got West Virginia finally getting over the hump against Oklahoma, or do you think it's just not quite that time yet? Looking at it, I was convinced 100% so. I was going to say that he's going to lose this. But I think Jordan's, Jordan's got me convinced otherwise. It's 2020. <laughs> To hell it's 2020, man. Exactly. If, if anybody's going to motivate with the predictions you guys are making, <laughs> anybody's going to motivate you. Might as well. I mean, we're only playing ten games this year. We got COVID going on. This is the year to make wild predictions because why not? And I mean, exactly. if anybody, if anybody's going to have their team prepared after a two week hot, like a two week, or a two week lead up to Oklahoma at home, it's going to be Neil Brown. And I mean, who knows what can happen? You know. And so you know what? To, to hell with it. Yeah, I'll take a slip of W. Well, the the uh, the uh, majority has it. Well, she is going to beat Oklahoma this year. That's it. You heard it here first, folks. So if it happens, uh, just bookmark it that we uh, we said it first year. You know, it's crazy a crazy year. Whenever you're the oddball when you picked West Virginia <laughs> to lose to Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. Exactly. Exactly. It's just. It's just that crazy this year. So. We're just WVU fans. And- yeah, we're drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Just let us do it. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> I'll be All right. I hope you guys are right if it's in the country. I mean, yeah, I do too, but um, with that being said, with the games we've predicted so far, we all have West Virginia at 6-3 and three, heading into the final game of the season, uh, which will be December 5th, going on the road to Ames to take on the Iowa State Cyclones during uh, rivalry week. I guess they're still trying to push this West Virginia-Iowa State rivalry thing for whatever reason. But uh, anyways, final game of the season. Uh, talked about, you know, West Virginia finished strong last year uh, with Neil Brown, and I think they make it two years in a row doing that. I think they come out and win these final two games against Oklahoma and Iowa State. I got them beating a tough Iowa State team on the road. Brock Purdy and those guys, it's going to be a challenge. Matt Campbell's done a great job there at Iowa State, but I think that uh, West Virginia, like you said, they're balled in. Like Steven said earlier, you know, that's what you see from everyone. And Neil Brown, I just I love the guy, and I think he's got to do something – special here during his time, and I think he, sh- he showed it last season that it's important to win these late-season games, and I think he's going to do that again, and I got West Virginia winning uh, their final two games of the season to finish the year at 7-3 uh, and three in this 10-game season and probably would uh, put a pretty up high there in the uh, Big 12 Conference, you know, a lot higher than what people are projecting for sure, so, you know, I think this is an underdog squad that's going to surprise some people, and I got them beating Iowa State uh, finishing 7-3. and three. What about you, Steven? Uh, yeah, I agree with you, and pretty much for the same exact reasons that you did. Uh, the team has bought in enough that you know they're not going to get down upon themselves with just one loss uh, if they do lose that Oklahoma game. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like the way that they played at the end of last season. Uh, just speaking from a span, uh, fan's perspective, I was not a fan that was excited for the TCU game. So when the team came out there and they were as jacked up as they were and came out and won impressive. the game, it was very impressive from a, you know, from a fan standpoint that's watched the team deteriorate in every single season in the last decade pretty much. Exactly. Uh, so I, I like the way that this team played last year in the second half of the season. I look forward to seeing the way they play at the second half of this season, and I think they ended it uh, on a dub this year. And if they ended on a dub against Iowa State and Brock Purdy um, and companies do as well as they did last year and the year before that, uh, that's, that's going to be a pretty good note to end your season on if you win that game. Absolutely, especially going seven and three. I think that'd be a everyone would take that as a, uh, if you told them that 
going in that was sharing with go seven and three, they would definitely take that after you know, that's a steady improvement, you know, five wins last year. If they can get six or seven this year, get to a bowl game, you know, however if, if there is bowl games, you know, whatever we'll play that as it may, but um theoretically get to a bowl game. But um Bradley, what do you think? You got the Mountaineers getting the the uh W finishing seven and three as well, or you got them uh falling and uh finishing six and four? Well, I'm riding high with you guys as well. And I just I'll, I'll add a little extra yeah, on. I agree with everything you guys say, but I think this this W is going to come to the depth that we've actually built up in just a year. I mean, because we've added some studs on the offensive line and really just, you know, supplemented some places. That good amount need. of transfers. Yeah. And, I mean, good quality transfers, too. I mean, coming from quality programs. And Absolutely. Just, I think that's what's going to win us that game is just some depth that we've built up in a quick, quick, you know, period of time. All right, so – there, there you have it, our, our 2020 predictions for West Virginia's uh, season. Uh, finally did have some discrepancies in how we got there towards the uh, latter games of the season, but uh, we all got the Mountaineers finishing at 7-3 and three in 2020, so uh, would be a great thing to see happen. Uh, anything you guys want to add as far as the schedule or these uh, records that we've uh, pre- uh, predicted here? Uh, I do think it's interesting that I think we all went 6-6 six and six last year. Yeah, I think we were all about the same last year, too. Yeah. We all hit the same mark. And, and, we were, and we were pretty close right there, right on. I was going to say, we were close. If they wouldn't have lost that you know, game to Texas Tech that you know, I think they should have won, we would have had it right there at 6-6. Six and six, so. Yeah, I think right. our predictions have been pretty spot on you know, throughout yeah, the year. For the, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, we are. So if you uh, need to know about that, betting odds, come to the Country Roads webcast. We yeah, come, come to us. Just don't, uh, just don't blame us if you uh, lose it, some money. Yeah, we're not hundred dollars. Hundred dollars on the Yeah, yeah we're not liable. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come get, get it in writing. All right, so uh, broke down the schedule. Let's talk about uh, some predictions for the team, some individual things, and some uh, breakout players, some things like that. But let's before we get into those specifically, let's talk about the quarterback competition Western's got going on. Uh, as you know, last season Austin Kendall started as the starter. Uh, Jared Deggie coming in in the latter part of the season. I think the fans kind of won the fans over and, you know, got those two big wins against the ranked Kansas State uh, opponent in his first start and then the big win against TCU to end the season as well. And you got those two guys going at it here in uh, preseason camp. Also added true freshman in Garrett Green, who's been impressing, even though he's probably not exactly in the competition with those two yet. But uh, what do you guys think about this quarterback competition? And ultimately, who do you guys uh, got winning this thing? Uh, What do you think, Bradley? Uh, Neil Brown's kept it pretty tight to his chest about how the quarterbacks have been uh, performing in camp. I think he said both of them have done good and they've really been fighting through it. Um, I was hoping Garrett Green would get in the conversation a little bit more, but I think that's one that Neil Brown's going to keep in his back pocket for the future. Absolutely. Uh, but I am curious to see how much playing time he's going to get considering eligibility is going to be free this year. And uh, if he's going to get in, you know, at least a little bit every game. You know what I, mean? I could see Neil Brown trying to work him in. At least a little bit every game if he's not going to lose that year of eligibility. Um, I'm actually not going to choose a quarterback yet. I think both of them could be good options. I think if Austin, I, I'll tell you what I want from each one of them. Austin Kendall, okay. I want, I want some more confidence from him. I want him to really man up. When I was uh, feeding the team and stuff last year, you know, Austin Kendall just seemed like a very uh, humble is not the right word, but a very conservative kind of man. You know what I mean? To himself, right. and just, I think he was so used to being in that Oklahoma environment where he was just around greatness all the time and like it was never expected to like he was never like thrust to like take that step up role and get to be the leader insert himself yeah so if he's got i, I want some like killer instinct from him i want him to learn you know some cutthroat like this is a quarterback competition it's not just you know go out there and show yourself like you got to constantly work and improve and 
they begin showing that he's got some cutthroat in him. I'm all for Austin Kendall. He's got a good arm. He, we've got great wide receivers that he can hit. It's mm-hmm. all about it. Jared Dagey, he looked really well. I want to see him improve on what he did last year. I want to see him use his feet a little bit more, um, a little bit uh, stronger decision making, and just I don't know. He he was good last year. Said he on a small sample size that we got. So if he exactly, just, just wasn't all that. that. Then I'd be okay with that too. So that's really what I'm throwing those out to. And then Garrett Green's gonna turn around and start game three. That's that's gonna be the future right there. Uh, Steven, what are you thinking uh, as far as this quarterback competition? You got you got a prediction on who wins it, or uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, like I've said before, I've always liked Austin Kendall. I really like his. his I just I've always liked his arm. I guess I've I've watched him. What I have at West Virginia, and very very small amounts of highlights when he was at Oklahoma, and I really the power of his arm is very under under. I'm trying to find the right word. Undercredited, I guess. Yeah. We'll go with that. We'll make up words on the podcast tonight. <laughs> um, he doesn't get a lot of he doesn't get a lot of credit for his arm, and a lot of that from West Virginia fans' perspective, I believe, last year was because of his injury. injury. He played with no, the injury, yeah. exactly. an injury for most of the year last year, so you don't really see a lot of what Austin Kendall has. With that said, I still think Jared Deggy takes the competition this year. Mm-hmm. I loved what I seen out of Deggy last year. I think he has he doesn't have a, as strong as an arm as Austin Kendall. But I think the balance between his legs and his throwing arm outmatched the play of Austin Kendall. Uh, and that's just basically, like I said, off of what I've seen last year. But I really, if Deggy can take what he did last year, improve off of it, and improve off of what he knows in our system, it's, it's scary to see what, what he and an offensive line that can actually block can do against teams this year in the Big 12. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm right there with you, Stephen. I think that uh, – Kendall, I think a lot of people judged him based on, you know, what they saw last year with that injury, um, you know, because even before I didn't know about that injury for a long time, and I just didn't think that he had the arm strength because he wouldn't hit the guys, and that's what I liked when Dakey came in is he had the arm strength to hit the guys in stride and things like that. But learning about Kendall's injury, I think that he still can factor into this competition and uh, wouldn't be surprised to, you know, see him get some snaps and things like that. And either way, I think no matter who wins it, you're going to have a quality backup because I think either one of these guys could start in a lot of college football programs around the country at the quarterback position, but I'm with you. I'm going to go Jared Dagey. I liked what I saw. I think it's only the tip of the iceberg, and I think that he's a guy that could really be, honestly, I think he could be a special quarterback. He's got a couple years here to play, and I think that uh, he could do some do some big things in those couple years, so I really am a big fan of, uh, of Jared Dagey, and I think that uh, he ultimately wins it there. Yeah, well, I think what a lot of watching his brother play at Texas Tech on an old game on ESPNU the other night. Uh, he torched <laughs> us at 2012 here. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. And I think some people need to keep in mind, like what Steve said earlier, you know, there's a reason why that guy went to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like, Oklahoma right. don't take no shrugs. It's not, it's not what happens. Exactly. He and was, he was a high that recruiter. he sat behind two uh, Heisman winning trophy candidates, or trophy winners, I'm sorry, yeah. for two years straight and was up mm-hmm. to the, I mean, the last second with Kyler Murray. I mean, yeah, it was. That, that was a battle ongoing like this one is this year for West Virginia. Yep. And I mean, that injury could have really hurt his confidence, like I was saying. You know, like that. Yeah, if you don't go out there feeling good throwing, then it's going to hurt your confidence. Yeah, you got a yeah. point. Well, and, I, and I think that, yeah, it could hurt his confidence as well as when he finally gets removed, West Virginia, you know, hits their stride kind of in the – at the end of the season, so you know, a lot of people are looking at like he was the issue when in fact he wasn't the issue. The offense as a whole underperformed. There was bottom of the Big 12 in total yards, one of the worst teams in the country in rushing yards per game. So it wasn't his fault. The offense in general wasn't right. very good. You know, well, that's, West that's, that's, that's common around. among, I won't say West Virginia fans, I'll say college football fans, in my opinion. They, 
they base offensive problems solely on the quarterback, and I see that yeah. a quarterback lot. and play caller. Oh. I mean, if you bring in a fresh set of legs, arms, and eyes behind an offensive line that hasn't done great, I mean, Austin got beat up all like all year, and you know, towards the end of the season, of course, he's going to slack a little bit because he's been getting beat up. And you bring a yeah. guy in there that's fresh, of course, he's going to do better because he hasn't had to deal with that getting beat up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If you know you're not protected, I mean, how timid does that make you? I know for me, as a former quarterback in high school. I wouldn't want to play under you know behind some guys like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Kendall started the season. Daggy came in at the end and kind of uh, broke out a little bit. So, with that being said, let's talk about some uh, breakout players uh, for this season that we're uh, predicting. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we're going to do three on offense, three on defense. Uh, let's talk about the uh, three offensive breakout players. I'll kick this one off. Um, I think y'all know my number one already is going to be Sam James. Oh, you well, already knew uh, that was coming. Of I course. didn't know it was going to be Sam James. I didn't know you were going Sam James only because well, I, well, I considered him one last year. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna I was gonna say that that's what I was gonna leave with like I know last year like you you consider that a breakout season for him and it was but also i think that there were some games where he had some drops and has some things that he can improve on i think he's added some weight exactly he's he's only going to be a sophomore so i think that even though last year was a great year for him i think that he's going to break out even more this year to be in the point where he's one of the better receivers in the big 12 i'm I'm thinking thousand yard uh receiving year uh this year for sam james and you know a lot of a lot of big plays maybe even more so than he was last year and just continue to grow as a player so that's my number one. My number two is a guy we talked briefly about already, uh, Letty Brown. I think Letty Brown's going to be, you know, kind of an every down back for West Virginia. I think the run game's going to finally uh, be there this year. I think they're working hard on that. And, you know, if anything you know about Neil Brown, he's detail oriented and he knows that that run game was awful and has to improve. So I'm sure that's been kind of his main focus. And we've heard a lot of good things about Letty Brown. Forty uh, some yard uh, touchdown run in the scrimmage the other day. Been doing big things. And uh, my third one, I want to go with another receiver. Had a lot of. Uh, options I was thinking about here, but I'm going to go with uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who I just found out legally changed his name from Bryce Wheaton to Bryce Ford Wheaton, but he's been doing a lot of good things in practice. They've been raving about him. He's a big guy that's really talented and I think uh, could uh, make some noise this year, so that's I'm going Sam James, Slady Brown, and uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, that's some really good picks. Yeah, I think... Because yeah. uh, Neil Brown even said the Sam James was good players. Where he was struggling last year with his confidence, you know, he'd drop a few passes and he would feel bad himself. He said he's picked himself up a little bit more this year, and he's been yeah, praising Bryce Wheaton a lot. Mature, they're mature, and they're both young. They're both going to be sophomores, so yeah. that's like good if those guys break out. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, who was good next? Uh, Bradley. Okay. Okay. Steven? Go Steven, go ahead. I can go uh, ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead, Steven. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Hit us with okay. it. Okay, well, number one, I've already mentioned him, and I've, I've already talked about him a few minutes, but I'm going to go with Jerry Decky. And Jerry Deggie, not Decky. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Decky. <laughs> um, but I want to go with Jerry Deggie. Um, I like, like, like I said, what I've seen out of the latter part of the season out of him last season. I like his mechanics. I think he beats Austin Kendall in the quarterback race. Um, and I think we've got an offensive line that can actually protect him this year, so I think you could see a little bit more of what he can do. Um, so I like him at my number one spot. My number two spot, I'm actually um, – I'm going to agree with you on that one, Cruz. Uh, I like Letty Brown this year, man. I, like I said, if our offensive line is back up to par, I think he can really show what he can do. And I really liked what he did two years ago behind, you know, behind those guys. I mean, Letty's got some some wheels on him, man. He's, he's got big. some speed, he's tough. and yeah, and he's he's got some he like a, yeah, and he can run over guys. That's what I like about exactly. his size. He, he's not going to be doing all that side to side stuff. I like the side to side, but you got to be quick enough to do that. And a lot of these guys that come into you know the college game nowadays don't have the qu- the quickness to be able to get the shiftiness from side to side. So I really like Letty Brown. 
uh, for my third option, I'm going with one of the newcomers, and I like uh, Keon Wakefield from Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I know he's, he doesn't have a lot of size. He's only five foot nine, um, but from what I've seen out of you know, you you made me you put me on to him, Cruz. I'll, I'll tell you oh, about yeah. that. You told me about uh, how he did in the scrimmage the other day. Went and looked up some some clips and everything. It's got some good clips. Oh man, oh man, I, I'm excited to see what the kids got. I thought about him there at three, and I thought about uh, Zach Dobson, who I know we talked about in the last podcast. I almost put him too. Yeah, I went and looked him up afterwards too. Like you said, mm-hmm. like you put me onto that, and yeah, that guy's got some. He's, he's got, got some wheels and some moves. So I think yeah, that, man. You know, that's those are some good guys for what you to add. He's like a short that's version kind of, of uh, Chad Johnson jumping in the end zone in <laughs> a couple of his clips. Though, man, that's, that's kind of element what Virginia was missing was that kind of smaller, you know, player that they used to always have. You know, when they had guys. Like Jock Sanders and Noel Devine yeah. and Tavon, and you know, adding the two guys, you know, and Keon Wakefield and Zach Dobson, both via transfer that have played from you know Louisville and Middle Tennessee, respectively. So I think those are guys that could uh, make an impact. Yeah, I, I almost went Zach Dobson, but I just off the sheer fact that he did it in camp and not in previous highlights, I like Keon Wakefield on my yeah, list. That's true. That's true, and he's he's been he's been standing out. So I like all those picks there, um, Bradley. Uh, what do you got here for your uh, offensive breakout players? All right, I'm not agreeing with him. I mean, I agree with you guys, but I'm not. I have three completely different players. Okay, even better. I, I, even think, better. I, think, you know, I think you guys will like this. I got Chase Barrett. Oh, big okay. hog molly. Okay, okay. okay. Absolutely, I offensive like line's important this year for and sure. And right along with him, I'm going to go James Gamitter. Oh, I think I've, those two I think Gamitter's big. I like Gamitter. I like those picks just because they're offensive line picks. Oh, yeah. yeah I think I'm they're just going to chomp on some defenses this year. I don't think people – I was watching uh, – was the the video Neil Brown let out yesterday? The team let out yesterday. Oh yeah. Darius Stills versus James Gamitter. Oh, uh, James Gamitter. Yes, that was yeah, yeah. toe to toe with the preseason yes. Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, and that's just like. Gamitter oh, is strong. He has. He is strong. The family guy. And he's young. He's gonna do it too. The nicest guy off the field, though. Have you ever seen any oh, interviews yeah. with him? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I think James uh, Chase Barrett is one of the scariest dudes on the field. Like I think he was just. I think people are going to be terrified of him, like, actually in the in-game. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are on the uh, WVU football fans. Uh, it's a Facebook page or whatever, but James Gamitter posts in there and talks to all the fans and everything. He's Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and I think he's going to be have an awesome career on the offensive line, too. I think, yeah, I think those are two men that are going to work their way into the NFL if they keep on, you know, Brian and Harden. We believe in them the way they have. Absolutely. And, so and I Barrett's, want to give that because I think a lot of our offensive production is going to come off the back of those two men. And uh, Michael Brown from my honorable mention there. Yeah, I, I think, think Mike would also do it too. A, yeah, a good quality player. Um, so I think those two guys need some credit. I like and that. And then my third one, I'm going to go with our I, the man I truly believe. He's not gotten a lot of talk in preseason camp or anything like that. I haven't really heard a lot about him. But I think he's going to be our first down getter and a young team when you need to go to that experience. I'm going to go TJ Simmons. I love it. I love yeah, it. I'm all about TJ because I knew he was too, but I I'm trying not to pick players that we've seen a lot of before. Picks but he's yet to break out. You're yeah, right. I, I think I think that he, right. I think yeah, I think that he's not really yeah. I thought last year he would, and he had some he had some moments last year. But I think that you know this could be the year. You know, last year, last go around, he could do it. Well, I think he had to focus on being like that leader, like role model, and maybe not necessarily making plays on the field, but keeping that encouraging up. And I think this year that we got a little bit more stability in the program that he's able to focus on himself a little bit more. And so when it comes down to comfortability, they're going to hit him on those third downs when we really need that first down. He may not be getting us to long yards or, you know, the big plays, but when we need that, uh, you know, that play, that's that's who we're going to go to. Who was it a few years ago? Jordan something. Number four, I think it was, was or something like that. He was always. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, shorts, right? Yeah. The kill yeah. shorts. Yeah. Kill shorts. That's what it was. 
I'll yeah. tell you what, though. TJ Simmons, the first the first play I ever seen from him from scrimmage at WVU when we played, when we played Tennessee, oh, I oh. thought we caught a stud. I was like, oh, gosh. We, I still think we do. I we think just everybody steal. focused him a little bit, but now yes. that we've got other weapons, I think no, he's I, That's what I was going to say. West Virginia is loaded at wide receiver and young. I think TJ Simmons is yeah. the only senior, but you got you got Sam James, you got TJ Simmons, you got Sean Ryan, Winston Wright, and Ollie Jennings are still there. You got Bryce Wheaton, and you got the tree transfers, uh, Keon Wakefield and Zach Dobson. Uh, you got Reese Smith. You got that Sam Brown. I mean, West Virginia is loaded at receiver right now, and a lot of young receivers too. If those, do we know where Coley's going to be playing, David Vincent? I think he's playing. I think they're going to play him at corner. That's from what yeah, I've heard. I think, I think he's on the other side. What they gives, finally decided on, yeah. Yeah, he gives me jitters. I like him. Yeah, I, I like that. Excited, he's going to be special. He's going to be special. But yeah, West Virginia's got some some young players. Which you know, look down the road, that kind of makes you wonder if you're going to see some more uh, movement as far as transfers and stuff. Depending on how it shakes out at the wide receiver position, who knows? But if all those guys stick around, you're going to be uh, loaded at wide receiver, which is so big. Two offensive linemen and the senior wide receiver. I like it. I like it. I like the picks, gentlemen. I like the picks on the offensive side. Uh, let's go over to the defensive side. Uh, we'll just keep the same order, and I'll start it out again. Might as well. Uh, don't want to get too complicated because then I'll get confused. Um, <laughs> keep it simple. Uh, simple times uh, here on the, on the pod. Exactly. Got to keep it simple. Keep it simple. I'm going with uh, number one, Vandarius Cowan. I think, you know, last year uh, kind of got that injury there, but when you've seen him come in in that game against Texas, to some of the plays he made and stuff, he's a guy that if he can stay healthy for a whole year and uh, he can really be an impact player. Um, and then I got uh, two transfers as my two and three. Uh, both of the guys coming from Arizona. I like the safety, Scotty Young. I thought he was going to be big. He's going to be even bigger now with uh, uh, Kerry Martin sitting out the season. So Scotty Young's going to take over right there. And then Tony Fields, a linebacker, I think, that's not getting enough press that he transferred to West Virginia. Three-year starter at uh, Arizona, freshman All-American at Arizona, one of the better defenders in the pack, in the entire Pac-12 and one of the top grad transfers in the country coming to West Virginia, and I think both those guys from Arizona are going to make a make a big impact. Stephen, uh, what do you got here on, uh, on the defensive side? Uh, for the number one player, I think i got to agree with you. I like Vandarius Coward a lot, man. I, I was really excited to see what he had last year, so when he got hurt, I, I, it really – yeah, I was pumped for him. Hurt me a lot. It, yeah, yeah it, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said it a lot on the on the podcast last year how excited I was to see him play, mm-hmm. and then he went we down did. with the injury, and then you know, it ruined it for me. But yeah, I see I see big things out of him uh, coming this season. Uh, my number two spot, um, I think I'm going to go with not really a breakout player, uh, but somebody that was really consistent last year and was really undershadowed by his brother. Uh, but I like Dante, man. I think Dante's going to really come out and do even better than he did last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. Darius has been getting all the praise. Dante, Dante's like, yeah, what about me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, so I really like, I really I like, like them. Uh, and then for my third one, uh, we already mentioned him too, uh, and it depends on how much time they, they give him, but I like um, David Vincent Nicoli a lot, man. I really do uh, like his highlights, and I think yeah, that he's yeah, going to come in. Yeah, I think he's going to come in immediately and make an impact. So I got him as my number three spot. Uh, I, I might I like be wrong about that one. I'm really on the fence about picking him, but I, I really like young guy to what I've seen out of him. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna be thrown into the fire early, but yeah, absolutely. But he's uh, well, you know, you got the frozen eligibility, so you know they can play some of these guys if they're absolutely. if they feel the need to. So it's it's gonna be an interesting year to see how many these freshmen get on the field. I think you can see. I think a lot, a lot of them get playing time. Yeah, I think, well, I think so. I think nobody's got full advantage of getting this experience in and just let them ride. 
And Absolutely. also, also, I think I need to point out one thing. It depends on how much time they give some of these younger guys with the eligibility rule. Like, it's going to give them some leeway with it. But it depends, I think, for me, what they decide to do with the college football, football playoff. They canceled mm-hmm. all the other NCAA major uh, conference or major championships. Well, I think I read that doesn't today, include the, the uh, college football playoff. I actually, actually, just like a few hours ago, seen someone share on Facebook, and I read the article. It's about it's uh, said that college football playoffs, as of right now, I guess I mean it's subject to change. I'm sure, but uh, they're going to play have the college football playoff after the right. fall in 2020, and uh, not planning on doing anything for the spring. So I don't know what the big and impact whoever we're going to do in the spring because college football playoffs said it's continuing here in the fall. So, Right, right. Well, that, And I've seen the same thing. Yours is a lot more recent than the things that I've read, but from what I've seen, they're still planning on having the college football playoff as it stands right now, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and it'll just be with the teams and the conferences that are playing. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, it'll be if, if West Virginia is in a lot of close games, I don't see them throwing a lot of these younger guys in there because I don't think they're going to risk you know, people that don't know the system as well, uh, especially yeah, on the offensive they're, they're side gonna, of the ball. They're going to try and win first and foremost. Absolutely. Right, right, right. Well, honestly, it, I, think, I think the whole season he's going to play them as if they're just straight up depth chart. And I think they're going to get a lot of rotations in the whole season. Not necessarily like just like in big games when like they might not want to play them. But, I mean, I think from the very first game he's going to have freshmen down there playing and uh, just to keep people fresh, you know what I mean? Because if he's got that the chance. The first game I, I can see it because it's Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it being – I mean, I don't think they'll get as many snaps, but I could really see – just to keep people fresh and like, because I think Neil Brown's high on that kind of gameplay, just keeping players fresh. If you're out there and you're tired, then you're not getting anything. And I think he's going to have a lot of faith in his young guys that have stepped in. Because I mean, these are his kids that he's recruited. I think he's going to have faith in them to actually be in the rotation of the depth chart. And I think we're going to see a lot of these young guys every single game. Yeah, it could it could happen. It could I happen. I, right, see it. I know a lot of these young guys have some skill to them. Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, excited yeah. about a lot of this. A lot of these recruits that we got in and the transfers, but they're all. Uh, Absolutely. Um, having said that, uh, who are you excited for on uh, defense this year, Bradley? Who's your uh, three defensive breakout players? Gotcha. Um, sorry, I was looking at. I was trying to look at no, all the next questions. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with some young guys. I think that we've got some real talent back there that are hidden that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, I'm going to give my first one to Daryl Porter Jr. I think that oh, guy I've heard a lot about him. Is a big Mountaineer heart. He's been really dedicated ever since he committed, and I mean, he is just active and no Brown's giving him some praise and I think he had a pick the other day of practice um I think he's I think he's going to be somebody that you hear a little bit of maybe not to the same degree that Tyke Smith got last year mm-hmm. um which we all know that he's going to be the best player on our defense behind Darius I think he's right there. I think he's up there I, I think, think he's, he's right there. there I think he's an elite defender uh Carl Joseph Jr. back there just uh, we'll, we'll give some credit to the unknown guys yet. So I think Daryl Porter Jr. is going to be one of those people that comes in, young gun, and really puts his name out there. And you know he might have some slip ups, but I think he's definitely going to be a positive impact on that defensive. I think so. I think he's going to really struggle last. Um, next one, I'm going to go stay back there. I'm going to go Sean Mahoney. So oh yeah, Underrated. he's got a lot of praise too. I mean, he played really good last year, and I think that um, that's somebody that's going to be important to our backfield as well. Um, last one, I'm going to stay back there again because I think this is one of our most improved areas of our whole entire football team is back there in the, the defensive backs because I think that they struggled so much last year because we lost so much senior talent that I'm going to go with Nick Troy Fortune. I, I like, that's I like Nick Troy. Okay. And I think that I like these, and I love the fact that we're talking about a bunch of cornerbacks, safeties, because like I said, that was like our weakest point last year in the Big 12. If you're weak there, Seems like we got a lot now. 
Yeah. We didn't even mention Alonzo Adai either. Alonzo Adai, Dreshawn Miller, who didn't even get to play last year, was one of the top, you know, Juco recruits in the country. I mean, And I think these are all young guys, new guys. And, I mean, some people have been in the system for a year, too. And I think it's just I don't know where all of our big players are going to come from, but I can see them coming from multiple places, and that really changes me. I like it. I think that, like I said earlier, I think the defense is going to be really strong this year, a lot stronger than people are realizing. I mean, just looking at some of these names, like, uh, you know, you think this guy's maybe best player in the defense, and then you're like, oh, no, I'm forgetting about all of these guys. I wish he's exactly, got some yeah. players on that defense. Yeah. Um, well, I do uh, think that Darius Dante and Tyke are just the next level. I think those are what everybody should aspire to be. But yeah, underneath them, we, don't, we don't got some chumps underneath them. No, yeah, people sure. pay too much attention to the front side of our defense and don't pay attention to the second half. Our, our secondary yeah. is going to be... Exactly. And I mean, with that pressure that we're going to bring on the defensive front, is really going to make some of those guys shine if they get a chance to break on a good ball or something like that. I mean, Absolutely. we could see our turnover rate skyrocket. Because we had oh, a yeah. lot of good defensive pressure last year. We just didn't have any way to capitalize on that when you got little... Uh, we got giant six-foot-five wide receivers jumping over people's heads, you know? And no depth in the secondary last year either. And you got that this year. And injuries. So, yep, and so you got that. Bad. If the injury, I was going to say, right. if the injury bug is gone to you, uh, I like I like what you're has defensively. And but I don't want it to happen, but even if the injury bug isn't so kind this year, we at least have a little bit of depth. Yeah, a little know, bit more depth. depth. I think we're still more it's getting there. Linebacker, it's getting there. It's yeah, I think linebacker, we need to add a few more, but um, we're getting there depth-wise. We're not quite there, I think, where we want to be and need to be quite yet, but we're getting there better than we have at any point in the past you know, a couple years for sure. Yeah. But uh, sticking to the defensive side, let's talk about some uh, individual predictions uh, for some uh, statistics here for 2020. Uh, what about the team leader in tackles? Um, I, th- I think, like we said, there's a lot of guys in this defense. It's kind of a tough one for me to pick, but a guy that I'm a fan of that I think is all over the field a lot is uh, Josh Chandler. Oh, I'm going to go Josh Chandler here. I think that uh, he could uh, lead the team in tackles in uh, 2020. Uh, what do you think, Steven? Hey, you read my mind on that one. I was sitting here with my mouth on the floor because I was like, how did he know what I was – because, I, no, I, I did the same thing. I looked at the whole defense. I'm like, yeah, I don't really it's know because they're good, but not really any of them are known for, you know, their tackling ability, I guess I guess you could say. Josh Chandler, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure he led the team in tackles last year, if I'm not I believe wrong, so. Or darn near so. it. He was up yeah. there. I know. I know yeah. he had 16 in one game or something like that. He's he's a ball seeker, so I know that he knows how to find the ball across the line of scrimmage. I like him to at least lead the team in tackles. I don't think he's going to be, you know, one of the most elite players on the defense by he's far. He's just going to be your consistent. Your consistent. He's what I call a role player on yeah. the, on the football. He's field. a glue guy. He's a, he's a glue guy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what do you think, Bradley? Uh, who do you got team leader in tackles? That's actually who I was looking up in the last question I was trying to see because he changed his name a little bit. Josh Chandler, who I was uh, Josh, get. yeah, the Josh. Somebody and I think a lot of that's also just like given that. given the position that he's playing. I mean, that's where your tackles come from. Where you hope your tackles come from, you know, you both yeah. get them stopped up front with the defensive line. But I mean, if your cornerbacks and your safeties are getting most of your tackles, then you're not doing good. So I would like to see Josh Chandler up there with like the most uh, honorable mention. I'll give it to Tonkin. I think he he's set to have a better year than he had last year. Uh, Neil Brown's been talking him up that he's really come along well, so I think that you know you could see him turn a corner. Yeah, yeah Josh Chandler, just with the way that they funnel off the, that side of the line of scrimmage, with the way that Dante and Darius hold the you know hold their sides, 
that's that's my main reason for giving Josh Chandler that as well because that's where most of those tackles are coming from. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so it's just the given position, like that linebacker spot is just your run stopper. You know, they're getting your tackles. You know? Right, Absolutely. right. Now, speaking of pressure, that kind of leads us into the next one. Uh, this one I think is going to be interesting. And uh, team leader in sacks. Uh, we talked about Washington is absolutely loaded on the defensive line. Uh, got some good linebackers as well. But, you know, you got the Steels brothers. you got Jeffrey Pooler. You added Akeem Mesador. You added Coy Mays. Um, you added Bryce Band as transfer from Maryland. So, I mean, you got a lot of guys on this defensive line. Uh, for me, um, I think Stephen said, hit it right on the head earlier with what he said about people focusing on Darius and maybe Dante kind of steps up. And I think that's what's going to happen here as well. I think Darius is going to be the focus, but I think that's going to free up Dante a lot. And I think Dante still uh, is going to be my prediction to lead the team in sacks in uh, 2020. Uh, what do you think, Stephen? Um, I, I like that, but I think that us having a lot of more guys on the defensive front this year is going to get create a lot more fresh legs for our guys, so they're not going to have to be – Darius is going to get focused on, but I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as what we expect it to be. I still think Darius is going to have the most sacks on the team this year. And that's I like just, it. like I said, because there's going to be so much firepower, they're going to try to focus on Darius, and there's going to be you know, three other guys on the defensive line they got to worry about. So yeah. I'm really I'm, – I'm confident in the fact that, you know, our other guys are going to help him – on the line this year more so than what they did last year. That's that's and true. They didn't do a that's bad true. job last year. That's true. He's gonna he's gonna be a force, I think. Um, so uh, as far as team leader in sacks, me and Steven both picked uh, one of the Steels brothers. Bradley, you going with one of the Steels, or you got somebody else here? Um, I'll give like a good. Uh, I I could definitely see Darius leading because I mean he's just an absolute monster up front. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one out there to Quad Mays or Clay Mays. I think he's a. Okay. Uh, I think that's a guy that they've been high on and about getting sacks because he's just physical. That's a Virginia transfer, right? Uh, that's the uh, JUCO, the uh, JUCO, JUCO uh, Northwestern uh, Community College, I think. There's yeah. so many, I can't keep them, I keep up with them anymore. I know, there's a ton of, ton of ads. Late, last yeah. chance you down there, I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah, the last well, chance. This year's school. last chance you. Uh, no, no, I think I was, the, ori- the original one. The original last chance you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But, uh, I had a buddy that I played semi-pro with go to the uh, the indie. Juco. Oh just wow! This past year. Yeah, I was yeah, a, I was, I was a fan of that was that was my favorite season just because man, Coach Brown had me laughing and stuff. Man, that was that was funny. He was a real one. <laughs> that coach yeah. was a real one. I liked that. I liked that. That was the most entertaining season. Yeah. I don't know if he'll lead sorry, the team. Sorry, sorry, Bradley. Cut you off. Oh, that's all good. I like the interactions. I don't. He may not lead the team in sacks, but I think he's definitely going to be a person we have in there getting some sacks for our team. So. Yeah, I think I like that pick. Yeah, but so I yeah. think you could throw a lot of these guys out there because I think it's going to be the sack party this season for Washington. I'll just say that because I think there's going to be some guys in there uh, harassing them, those quarterbacks around the Big 12. But uh, sticking on the defensive side, uh, another one that's kind of going to be interesting, I think, is uh, team leader and in interceptions. Uh, last defensive one we're going to do here. But uh, for me, um, like you said, this was kind of a tough one because – uh, kind of wondering who's going to step up and do this, but I think a guy Bradley mentioned just not too long ago. I don't know who else you would pick. The guy that's my pick. Yeah, I mean you got to go Tyke Smith. I think oh, that he's the he's the uh, guy there. I'm changing my pick. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, what's your pick, man? Oh God, I went Tyke, man. Because you, got, I mean, like you said, you can't. It's hard to go against Tyke yeah, Smith. The guy's a stud. You really can't. Um, <laughs> I kind of want. I'm going to go with my my secondary pick, which was Sean Mahone. That's also a safety. Yeah, so it's not really that much safety. different, but. But I, I really like what Bradley said again earlier about, you know, being much improved in the safety area. You know, all those guys back there, it just seems like 
a lot of years our, ahead of what they were last year. Which I think our turnover like margin is going to be a lot better this year. I think so. I think so. I think so. I think we're going to have a cause a lot of havoc, uh, sacks, tackles for loss, turnovers. Uh, Bradley, I'm uh, I'm going to limb. Are you taking Tyke Smith here? Or yeah, I'm not going to debate that one. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I figured. That's what I thought. I thought that's what he's going to be. Podcast this he week. might be one of the biggest nightmares for the Big 12 this year. On these and he's only a sophomore. A lot of these guys we've talked about, I feel like we've said that a lot. He's only a sophomore. But that's a lot of these guys are, uh, are young. The West Virginia has that are you know getting a lot of playing time, and it's only going to bode well for Because that was the downside with Danny going out. It was just like all that senior leadership leaving. But, again, that was a that was an – a silver lining for a Yeah, a silver lining for our young guys that are just, you yeah. know, going to be thrust into that position, and they've been excelling. Well, I just know that if these guys pan out the way that we think they're going to pan out and they don't end up going into the transfer portal, we're going to have a hell of a team in about two seasons. Yeah. Now, if not one. Season, give it another season or two, which team is going to be there. We always say that. We have, we have them on that path. If, you know, the speaking of transfer moves, portal, so. like other really than Josh Shills, and I mean, I was a big fan of Martel Petaway. I just like the way he ran. Yeah. But, I mean, I wasn't too beat about much of these people leaving. So. Yeah, I think Washington added a lot to replace what they did lose uh, transfer-wise. I think Josh Shills was the one that, um, I think me and Stephen both said that in the last show shocked us the most, and yeah. we didn't say, really uh, see that one coming. Can we say a word out there from my do- uh, my uh, my boy Tyler Sumter though? Oh that yeah, guy, absolutely. He's going to be a fan favorite. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Do <laughs> I love this commitment video. <laughs> he's got to do something like yeah, iconic with his facial hair or like hair or something because that's just absolutely. what I put So he's got to do. Got to follow the punter chip, the punter quo, I should say. Yes, yeah. you know you had you had Bruce Stash, Stash, and then you had the Australian and Groudon. So yeah, somebody had him. Something like Speaking of the kickers and craziness, though, let's give a little bit of our time on the podcast to Pat McAfee and oh, absolutely, the, and the found I fame mean, the, that he's came across in the past. Goodness, this guy, <laughs> his podcast is great. He's all over the place doing everything. He's been an announcer, man, his and his then now he's now he's out, out there. This world, if you've seen the match with Adam Cole, that. This guy's a, this Pat McAfee's an athlete. He's athletic, man. Man, man. I don't I don't know if you guys did, but I know that back whenever he played at West Virginia, they used to release these DVDs every year, the highlight tapes, and they would yep. have these little player profile videos player on there. Yes, mm-hmm. and each player would have their own video. My one of my favorite ones uh, was Jamal Adai, of course, but one of the next one besides that was Pat McAfee. And in that interview, they asked him what he wanted to do when he was done playing football. He says, you know. There's been a time in my life where I've wanted to be a comedian. There's been a time in my life where I've wanted to be a wrestler, a professional wrestler. He's like, but I think that I found my true calling, and I want to be a talk show host. And I don't and know why. He's, I he's always remember that, and I swear he's done all of those things. Yeah, and he's, he's done all He's three the funniest things. comedian I've That's heard. Impressive. He can wrestle. And I listen to his podcast almost every single day of my life, man. I, I love what Pat McAfee's doing. That's some manifest destiny stuff right there. For the brand. There you go. What, I love what he's for doing the for the brand. For the brand, hashtag for the brand. Yeah, I know that was off topic, but I just Pat no, man. No, I'm all for he it. Doesn't get a lot of credit it. within this that's fan a, base. That's a mountaineer, how... so it's never off topic. I that's think with right, us, everything's right. on topic because we go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're all we're all over the place, but that's, we'll bring up Dan Holgerson's show. So great. We'll yeah, you know that the Holgerson thing is always coming up at, at any I given moment. Sense. It's you we never should just change our name to the. F. Dana Holgerson podcast or something. I mean, yeah. I mean, we did show him a lot of love for a long time, and he just spit in our face. Yeah, he so just turns cool. back on us, you know, like, like, like we weren't his supporter. But, hey, what's it not go down that rabbit hole? Because I'll go on and on for days. But, Are uh, they playing this year? Like, they're not. No, they're in the AAC, aren't they? I, I don't know if they're playing. I think they are playing. I think they oh, are. Damn. I thought he was going to get lucky and yeah, get a I, job for another yeah. year. But no, I, I think, think there's any few, West Virginia fans post about how – 
you know, happy they are that he's not getting to play. So, yeah, I'm, I was about to say, you, we, we probably know if they weren't. Yeah, right. yeah, now somebody, somebody's gonna chew us out online saying, Oh, you guys still hung up on Dana Hogan? Yeah, that's what I said. Like, you can't win for losing because it's either you're, it's you're, you're, you're getting chewed up for something, somebody's gonna hate us for something. We said, Yeah, that's the world we live yeah, in. We're boring, we don't, we don't bring new views into this thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nobody hates you, you're not doing nothing right. That's the truth. All right, so uh, went through some defensive tough. Let's talk about uh, one on the offensive side here. Uh, what do you guys think is more likely to happen between these two? Uh, West Virginia finishes this year with a 3,000-yard passer or West Virginia finishes this year with a 1,000-yard rusher? Um, just to kick it off, I'll tell you, I went with the passer. I think the West Virginia, I talked about it briefly earlier, is absolutely loaded at wide receiver, and I like the two guys that could end up as West Virginia's potential starting quarterbacks, and you could even throw Garrett Green into that if you, if you like, but uh, I think the West Virginia is going to have a, a decent offense, and I think the run game will be better. Uh, um, I'd like to see West Virginia have both of these, obviously, but I think the run game will be better and improved enough that it opens up the pass game for West Virginia even more uh, with play action and things like that, and I think West Virginia has a 3,000-yard passer, um, and I think it'll be Jared Dakey personally, but I'm going with the 3,000 uh, thousand yard passer uh, what about you steven uh yeah I, I like you mentioned all the weapons on on at the receiver position it's hard to, to go you know with the running game in this situation i, I think that letty and the running game are going to be much improved but i don't think letty has the wheels enough you know to be the sole main back back there I haven't really. Who 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 are our other running backs? I forget who we're losing. Uh, you got you got Sinkfield, Alex Sinkfield, Tony okay. Mathis, and um, uh, various Sparrow that we signed this year. That'll be a freshman. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, Sinkfield's got some power to him. I like what I've seen out of Alec before, but like Sinkfield's like I said before, uh, with the receiver position, you got so many guys that can come in and create fresh legs for you. Uh, you got. You know the arm power, like we've mentioned out of Deggy. If it goes with Austin Kendall, you still got the arm power. Uh, so I, I I like the passing instead of the rushing game in this and for the whole season. Like I said, like you said though, I can only hope that we have both. But yeah, until I see nice. what the offensive line can actually do and not, you know, rumored to be better in this and that, I got to go with the passing game. Uh, Bradley, what about you? you agreeing with us with the three thousand yard pass, or you think the thousand yard rusher likely? Um, I think there's no way we don't have a three thousand yard pass. So I think we're just too dangerous on the <laughs> offensive side. But I'll, I'll give us the I'll give us the thousand yard rusher though. I think we'll actually hit that mark. I think that we're going to be like so that. dangerous on the outside that we really pull teams back. And our our I think Letty Brown's definitely going to get most of the carries this year. I think we'll see a little bit of Alex Field, but I really think that Neil Brown's going to put a lot of weight on Letty Brown, and I think mm-hmm. he's going to get a lot of touches. And I could see him getting 100 yards a game. You know, they're going to be hard fought four yards. I don't think we're going to have like a lot of breakaways, but I think behind those big linemen that I brought up earlier, I could see him hitting that thousand yard. I like it. I like it. I think I think it's a possibility West Virginia could have both if the offense is improved, as I hope hope it will be. But uh, we'll see. I mean, if if the run game can improve, that could be big for West Virginia because I think that defense is going to be strong, and you can rely on your defense and your run game to um, get some wins and squeak out some wins and close games at the end there with clock management and things like that. So and I think uh, with our depth, we'll I think Neil Brown's really going to try to wear some people down with that run game. A lot I think so. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping to see anyway. I'm hoping that it'll be there to be able to do. But you know, I thought that last season too, and the run game was uh, worse than I ever I, I never could've, I never could have predicted that one ever. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us knew that that was coming last season. Nah, I think all uh, of us were 
pretty high up on the run game. Yeah, everyone time. thought that was going to be the strength, and then yeah. I just well that one that one came out of nowhere for sure, for sure. Thank God for Sam so James. Huh? It's got to oh, it's got to improve. There's no way it can't improve. So we'll just see how much uh, improvement it does uh, sustain. Is the uh, question now? Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the conference now. Uh, Big Twelve championship game predictions. Um, 2020 crazy year everyone's playing you know nine conference games as usual but they're also only playing one other game besides those so pretty much just everything keeping it in conference top two teams playing for the uh, big 12 championship yet again um and for me uh you know i said tcu i think they're gonna bounce back i thought about maybe putting them here i think texas is gonna be all right but no way i'm putting them in here because i think they'll collapse as always uh and then uh but the team i'm putting in here is one i mentioned earlier oklahoma state i think that they're loaded you got Spencer Sanders back at quarterback. You got Chuba Hubbard, one of the best running backs in the nation. And you got Tylen Wallace, one of the best receivers in the nation, to go along with uh, a lot of studs on that team there. But, you know, when Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace both decided to come back, that was big for them. So I think uh, for the Big 12 championship game, I'm going with an all Oklahoma affair. I got Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 championship. And, uh, Personally, you know, I don't I don't guess we got to pick a winner in these, but I'm going to say Oklahoma State does it and finally knocks Oklahoma off. Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 this year. It's my uh, bold prediction for uh, 2020. Uh, what about you, Stephen? What do you got in the Big 12 championship game? You know, man, there's every single year that me and you, and I know we, me and you have done this a long time even before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Every time you make a prediction to me like that, I'm like, man, Cruz is crazy, man. He don't know what he's talking about. And then there's always something that I say like that during the season. And then it turns out that that happens. <laughs> it's fifty-fifty though, because last year, I, last year I tried to do it and I said TCU, and they ended up right. like not even making a bowl game. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, sometimes it's not that it doesn't work out. But hey, man, I, I honestly that doesn't seem too crazy of a matchup to me between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma makes it, um, and everybody in the Mountaineer fan base is going to hate me for saying this, but I do think that Texas makes it back to the Big Twelve championship game. Oh. Uh, Red River rivalry. I hate it as much as everyone else. But I have to, I have to go with my gut and believe, and and, and what I truly believe is going to happen. So I, I think Texas makes it back it's, that's, with that's the shortened season. If it was going to be, if it was a regular season, I probably would have went Texas losing one, one or two more games. Uh, but I, with the shortened season, I think that they, they still make it there. As bad I, as I, as bad as I hate it, I'm sure that's probably the popular, most popular pick that right there right, is Oklahoma yeah. versus Texas, and and that'd be, I mean, Big Twelve championship game, you know, rivalry game for it's not necessarily a bad thing. So, yeah, it's I, I'm not so sure that. That's not set up like that sometimes, but I'm not going to be one of those fans. I'm going to be. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Bradley, uh, what about you? What do you got in this one? Boys, for the the first time, what it feels like all night, we're really all just feeling something different here. Finally. I'm going to go with uh, Texas, Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. I I like it. No Oklahoma in it at all. I like that. I think Oklahoma has a little bit of slip. I mean, I do have us beating Oklahoma, but losing to Texas and Oklahoma State. And I could just see Sam Ellinger having a really great year and finally getting Texas back on top, getting them out there where they feel like they've always deserved to be. I think Texas will win that game. And, you know, Texas, people will say they're back, but, you know, it's one good year. It's the start of it. I think the Big 12 kind of needs that, a little bit of a boost for the Texas program because they're just struggling a little bit. So I think they come out and have a really good year. Sam Ellinger gets himself a Big 12 championship, and then he's out. All right. I like it. So, uh, finally, you know, did a, had the three same records, had a lot of the same answers on some of these questions, but a little bit of discrepancy here towards the end in the Big 12 championship game prediction. So, you love to see it. But uh, let's close out this uh, preseason roundtable uh, 
season prediction roundtable, rather, with uh, a little bit of talk about 2020 WVU to finish it off, of course, and just what exactly, in our opinions, will make this season a successful one. Uh, can be anything we want. I think, uh, for me, it's a couple of things. First and foremost, I'd love to see a full season get played out, but I don't think that's really on WVU themselves, so I didn't go with that. But as far as the football team, I think the thing that I want to see is we talked about it briefly a little bit earlier, is just the offense to improve. I think the defense was there last year for most of the season. I think it's going to be there even more and even stronger this year. But the offense has got to improve if West Virginia wants to move up in the Big 12. Um, they got to score more, need more total yards, and, of course, the run game that we've talked about, offense has to has to be better and I think that if West Virginia does that that'll make the season a success in my eyes even if their record does end up being seven and three even if it's six and four or what have you I think of course if the offense does improve I think that the record does have a good chance to be seven and three but for me that's what I want to see most uh, is improved offense uh, what about you Steven uh, I kind of I kind of agree with you kind of I got two things that make this uh, make this season a success in my mind uh, the first thing is offense but more specifically the run game. I think the run game needs to improve for the offense to improve. So if that happens, then pretty much I agree with you on the on the offense. If the offense improves, then that's a success. I can't even say the word. A success. Um, the second thing is just to finish above 500. If you finish above 500 with all the craziness that's gone on in the off season and everything like that and all the things we've had to deal with, if you finish above 500 this year, you know that's a success for me. It's not what you need. What I predict or what I want, or well, obviously not what I want, but I, you know, that's what I believe can catapult this team to not be down on themselves next year. I guess. Absolutely, and I think that that's that's big because you know above five hundred, you know, ten games, that's six wins, and for West Virginia, that's improvement for sure because. You know, five wins last year, six wins this year, and you just want to keep, you know, steadily improving, and that would be that, especially in these first two years uh, with kind of a depleted roster to start off with that he's building back up, uh, surely, with amazing recruiting and things like that. But uh, as a staff, to continue to improve, that would be big. So I like that. Uh, Bradley, what about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm going to keep a simple one thing. I would like to see our team solidify their identity. I think that's what Neil Brown's trying to sell is the identity he's trying to build of that hardworking you know, we grind it out, we work hard, and, you know, if you got talent, that's great, but if you come in here and just work for it, we're going to succeed. So I think if he can just really solidify that and show the world that that's what we're about, then that's going to be a success for me, because then I think it's going to lead to another great recruiting year, and then I think we're unstoppable for that. I like it. I like it. Good picks all around, guys. I think that the, all of those things are, are things that can be considered – making the season a success for West Virginia right there. So I'm excited. I'm excited that we're right here. It kind of snuck up on us with as crazy as the world's gotten. That, it's, that we're so close to the start of the season, and hopefully it starts on time and we can see a full season of uh, of West Virginia. And uh, that being said, our next episode here on the podcast will be our preview for the first game of the season against Eastern oh. Kentucky, hopefully. Fingers crossed. If, uh, if everything lasts uh, here, you know, next week, we'll probably try and drop that that preview for the game against Eastern Kentucky. Um, or we might try and wait it out a little bit to make sure it's going to hold up and do it on the game week. We'll see. Uh, but that'll be our next episode is our game one preview for 2020. This has been kind of our predictions for the 2020 West Virginia season. As always, doing our season prediction roundtable uh, to kick things off for the football season here on the podcast, the Country Roads webcast. Um, that being said, any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, go our separate ways tonight? 
No, it was good to be back in the swing of things. It was, yeah. Didn't think we'd have sports, but the fact that we're even having this podcast is a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was worried Absolutely. about not not only not having a season, but not getting to do, you know, the podcast with you guys because no season kind of. I was like, well, that pretty much equals no podcast, I guess, unless we do, you know, some episode every now and then. But, you know, hopefully uh, get to do both, enjoy the season and enjoy uh, doing the podcast with you guys again. Absolutely, man. We're kind of feeling, kind of finally feel like there's a little bit of normality, you know, with us being it's, back on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. It seems like it's it's approaching, getting closer to being some semblance of that, anyways. And then to the people that are still here, an hour and twenty minutes in, send us some justice and stuff. We're still trying to make this thing grow. And, yeah, uh, exactly. This world is crazy now. Always. Hey, we're, we're glad you're here with us. If you're here with us, you know? always. We're just. Uh, just going with the flow, you know, trying to learn it, learn as we go, and uh, just talk some Mountaineer sports, basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not like former players or anything, but you know, we're we're tried and true, and we're life, we're lifelong, fans. lifelong fans. I was yeah. about to say, and uh, you know, we've been here longer than the players. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's true. We're, well, especially now, because now that's one of the crazy things to think about is being older than the players that you're watching play on West Virginia. It kind of still yeah. blows my mind now. I'm yeah, like, you know, you think I'm about old. back when you were a five year old kid, and you're like the you know the biggest Mountaineer fan ever. I can think back whenever I'm watching games in like 2003 and 04, mm-hmm. sitting in the stands as a small kid. Yeah, man, Pac-Man Jones, all those guys, fun to watch. My favorite now game it's in, so in weird because well, you uh, thought those guys were like so old, such adults, and now you know yeah, being you know yeah. nearly you know reaching you know late 20s and stuff, we're like, nah, they're 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 young. They're young. Like I'm <laughs> like I feel like I'm getting old. Like yeah, they're yeah. young. Like, yeah. Reach out to us, guys. Anything that can make us better. We, yeah, absolutely. Always, you know, send in, send in uh, emails, almost seven athletics at gmail.com, you know, tag us on, on Twitter at uh, country roads uh, webcast or, you know, on Facebook, you know, wherever, anyway, you can reach out to us, suggestions, questions, anything you want. We're always, uh, always open to that and always we'll address that on, on the podcast. Hopefully soon. I don't want to give anything away because we haven't discussed it as, as much as we should have yet, but maybe soon, we should we might be fishing or switching to a video podcast but yeah um or uh, we'll still keep the uh the regular audio podcast upload it you know onto all the platforms where you can find it apple google anchor spotify you know stitcher what have you all the podcast platforms will have it up there as well but we may be trying to do uh, a video version as well and, and try and get that going this season we'll see uh see how it, how it shapes up but uh it, it's a possibility that we might try and uh, get some video going with this thing try and reach out to a to a new platform and do something a little bit different that kind of nobody else with the podcast is actually you know doing right now uh on that platform so we'll see we'll see but uh stay tuned for that one definitely got some things in the work for us things in the work and hopefully the mountaineers are working and getting ready for uh what we all think is going to be a strong season here on the season prediction roundtable all picking seven and three records and hoping hoping that we're right so uh that being said uh, this has been the Country Roads webcast uh, for my co-hosts Stephen and Bradley. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go Mountaineers. Country Roads.